Welcome to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast with your host, Audrey McLaughlin. Hey friends, and welcome to episode, what are we on now? 27 of the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Audrey. I am so excited to be, actually, we're, this is episode 28. Uh, I'm so excited to be talking to you guys today about something that is it seems to be an epidemic, but I honestly think it's just because we're testing for it more. Um, and that is EPM or equine protozoomytoencephalitis. Um, EPM is a neurological disease and horses get it from eating hay, food, forage, infected with possum feces. Now, it can also be raccoon feces or uh, skunk feces as well. And what happens is they have um, a loss of coordination, they have muscle atrophy, they can lose feeling around the body, the hind end will stop kind of talking, connecting well with the, the front end. Um, it's something that can be suspected often for barrel horses that fishtail around the barrels. Um, and so there are many opinions out there, if you will, on, on EPM. And I want you to know that it is nowhere near the death sentence that it was previously. Um, so we're going to talk about today kind of what it is, how horses get it in a little more detail, what are the symptoms of it. Um, and then we're going to talk about diagnosing it, preventing it, and then kind of a long-term treatment plan on how to get better. Um, so there is an energetic component to this, of course, as we know that all, all things start out in the energetic field and they move closer and closer and closer. Uh, and then it becomes a physical manifestation. You also have to recognize that there is a deep, deep connection to the horse's energy centers and energetic blockages that happen when different neurological centers stop talking to each other, essentially. Okay, so we're going to try to touch on all of that in an episode and still make it a digestible episode for you. So interestingly, um, this w disease was first identified in 1974. Um, and they changed the name to EPM in 1990. Back then, it used to be called segmental myelitis. Um, and we now know a lot, lot more about it. So as I say, you know, or as I say, every, everything you read says the incidence of EPM is going up. And I saw a post locally on Facebook from a contact of mine, and she she had a picture of a dead possum. And she said, kill all the possums. I just spent $3,000 at the vet getting treated for EPM. <laughs> and so one of the big things I wanted to bring awareness to is that um, if you think that killing all the possums and raccoons and skunks is going to help, then you're looking at the surface. You're trying to put a Band-Aid on cancer, if you will. Um, you're not looking at the root cause of this issue. Because as someone who produces hay, uh, we don't sell a ton of it. We generally produce it for ourselves. But in previous, last year we sold it, um, the there there is no way to keep... <laughs> these animals out, these, these critters, these pests, if you will, I don't think they're pests, but people refer to them as pests out of your hay pasture. 
Okay. You can keep them out of your barn. You can keep them out of your bins of feed. Uh, if you're feeding forage, then they're not going to poop in it anyways. <laughs> like it's, that's the one of the beautiful benefits of switching your horse to an all forage diet is that you don't have to worry about mice or ants or critters getting in your barn and getting in your feed bins. But that's another a, a story for another day. Today, we're talking about EPM. And you cannot prevent EPM, the bacteria that causes EPM, raccoons, skunks, cats, armadillos, even sea otters, depending on where you were, possums, um, from defecating in your fields, from defecating in your hay, and then cutting the hay and it being exposed. Now, if your horse has EPM, some of the symptoms are an incoordination of movement, um, spastic or stilted movement, uh, an abnormal gait, unexplained lameness, muscular atrophy. So you see those horses that gain weight, gain weight, and they have the big old belly and they still don't gain any weight in their hips or around their shoulders. Could be EPM, might not be, but it could be, but that's muscle atrophy. Weakness or incoordination when um, getting up or getting down. Uh, muscular paralysis of the mouth, eyes, eyelids, and ears. That's that's pretty advanced. Difficulty swallowing, abnormal sweating, um, lack of sensation in the mouth or head region. So that to you as a rider feels like heaviness, uh, a head imbalance or a head tilt. And um, it could even go as far as the horse actually collapsing or having seizures. Now, often the vet will diagnose EPM with you know, clinical signs and symptoms. And they do have tests. They can do tests, a uh, blood test um, to detect EPM antibodies. Um, the best course of action is prevention. You know, they'll tell you the best course of action is catching it early, but the best course of action is prevention. And I will tell you in the same way that a horse, that a human um, one human can be in a classroom of 30 kids and two of those kids or four of those kids have uh, strep throat, for example, or let's let's do flu, hell, even COVID. And not everyone in that class gets it. That happens because of our individual immune systems, because of our individual terrain. And so EPM, one, it's not new. Two, it's not increasing. Three, it's not a possum problem or a contaminated hay problem. It's a terrain problem for your horse, meaning your horse's immune system isn't built up enough to keep EPM from catching hold. Their immune system doesn't fight off the EPM. And so what we have is kind of this gap in the system. We have the gap in the initial part of the system where the horse's immune system isn't kept up. What what causes a horse to have lowered immune system? Stress, poor nutrition, feed him a bunch of grain and molasses. That causes a, a, a lowered immune system, hydration status, mineral balance. All of that causes lowered immune system. Now, there's one gap in the sort of the prevention area. Uh, the second gap comes in the treatment area. So if you have an EPM diagnosis or have had one, then you probably do a course. There's two medicines. I only think one of them is actually approved for EPM, but there's two, maybe three different drugs that are used for it. And it's usually a course between 30 and 90 days of this heavy duty antibiotic, which helps to treat the EPM, of course, but also has a gap because now you have further damaged the immune system 
necessary damage often in this case, but now you further damage the immune system. And so what happens is they just say, okay, now they're done. Cool, cool, cool. Maybe depending on if you have a really good vet, they might prescribe some physical therapy or physio to happen after or during that treatment phase, but often not. But then you're left with a horse who already had a damaged immune system, now has had 30, 60, 90 days of a really powerful medication, further damaging the immune system, and then is expected to make a turnaround. And that it just doesn't work that way, y'all. So what instead needs to happen, what instead has to happen is if you have no signs or symptoms of EPM, Now is the chance to make the nutritional changes, to get rid of the grain, to get rid of the molasses, to switch over to a complete forage-based diet, balanced minerals, and then prevent this from ever happening. If you already have an EPM diagnosis and you've already been through the 30, 60, 90 days, there is a lot more work that has to be done beyond that in order to move into having a healthy immune system and truly recovering both on the nutrition side, on the energy medicine side, and of course, on the physical rehab side, all of those things come together. And horses that have been diagnosed with EPM, they can go back to running barrels, they can go back to um, jumping, they can go back to trail riding, they can get back their lives and your usefulness from them, right? So I'm, I'm getting a little like whew, heated up about it, <laughs> but um, I really am passionate about it because it's one of those things that just like a human, any, any chronic illness in a human does not have to be forever. It's the exact same for horses. Every horse, just about, just about every horse can heal from a chronic illness. They can heal from navicular. They can heal from arthritis. They can heal from EPM. They can heal from... I'm losing track on all the things that they can heal from, like all the chronic illnesses, PSSID, they can heal from chronic laminitis, they can heal from thrush, I mean, everything, right? It's all fixable, but you have to have the right ingredients. You have to have the right terrain in order for that to happen. I'm breaking this down into three things, and this is for people who have already had an EPM diagnosis, three things that need to happen for your horse to recover from EPM. Number one, a good vet, a really good vet. So like I said, there's uh, anti-protozoal or I'm calling them antibiotics, but they're technically anti-protozoal medications. They generally have to be given from 30 to 90 days. Most people stop there. When you stop there, 15 to 20% of those horses recover. I'm sorry, 15 to 20 of those horses fully recover. 60% of those horses recover somewhat, Okay. So that's why I'm suggesting don't stop there. The second step is to have a plan, a 60-day plan to reduce inflammation. When I work with horses and owners on this, what we're doing is using very specific food-based supplementation in order to increase their energy and detox or energy and drainage system. So we're helping their kidney, their liver, their mitochondria their lymphatic system, all of these things to drain and work better to be able to detox the body like it should because now not only are we detoxing EPM, we're also detoxing all of the medication that was just given over that 30 to 90 day period. 
Um, after that, we move into parasites. So we do a really gentle and natural parasitic cleanse. Then we give a little bit more love and attention to the liver. And again, this takes place very slowly over 60 days. Uh, and then we get the gut repopulated with a really, really high quality, powerful probiotic. Okay. The third part, the third step, I should say, is improving proprioception. And you can start doing this during the 60 days of building the terrain of helping the horse to recover uh, their functionality in their internal organs, that functionality that they didn't have to begin with, or they wouldn't have gotten EPM. Um, But what you're doing is improving proprioception. So improving where they understand their body in space. And this, you know, a lot of times people will say that once the horse has lesions on their spinal cord and brain, the, the damage can't be recovered. And that is absolutely false. Is it easily recovered? No, but it can be recovered. I've seen it recovered and it's recovered in humans all every day, right? Like people come back from traumatic brain injury and trauma and lesions on the brain and all of these things. It absolutely can be done. Okay. So this is the physio part, the rehab part, the improving proprioception part. It's a little bit different for all horses, depending on what their state was before and how severe the EPM was. Um, But it really just involves helping those nerve pathways to build back to finding new neural pathways if they can't be regenerated to helping the muscles develop in a way that they should have been developed. A lot of times we train um, dysfunction into our horse's bodies. We train um, compensation into our horse's bodies based on the way a horse was trained, or maybe they were trained that way before they got to you. But now is the time to kind of have them relearn the right way to carry themselves collected through the midsection, which has nothing to do with head position. (laughs) It only has to do with um, activation of the pectoral muscles and deactivation of the neck muscles, right? So there's all these things that you can do in order to successfully heal your horse from EPM and create a better, sounder uh, horse that is less likely to need veterinarian intervention in the future. Okay, so I hope all of that makes sense. I know I got off on a little bit of a soapbox. I really get passionate about this stuff. As always, if you have any questions, you can find me at equineenergymed.com. You can send me a message on TikTok or on Instagram. I'm on both. I'm doing the best I can to answer the hundreds of questions I get there. So sometimes the best way is to go to the website and send me an email. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in, for hanging out. I hope you enjoyed this on EPM. Next week, we're going to talk about minerals and metals for your horses. Um, Yeah, so we'll get into that. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Equine Energy Medicine Podcast. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. We'll catch you in the next episode.